Welcome to the 100 Entrepreneurs Podcast, created to provide veterans and their family members with information, ideas, and inspiration for starting new businesses. This is Amanda Weathersby for 100 Entrepreneurs Foundation. We talk with entrepreneurs and small business experts to learn more about their industries and their lessons learned in creating and growing new businesses. Thank you for joining us. Today, I'm interviewing Kevin Blanchard, a veteran who has worked with the International Franchise Association on their Vet Fran program. He's going to talk to us today about his experience with franchises. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for joining Hi. me today. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. All right. Can you first tell, uh, tell us about your background before you became in, involved with the Franchise uh, Association, International Franchise Association? Just my background in general? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that can be a little complicated, but we can give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I did quite a few things before I got involved in franchising. Um, at a high school, I, I joined the Marine Corps, so I was in the Marine Corps for four years. Um, I, I did one deployment to Iraq back in 2005, and uh, I was there for six months, and then I got injured, um, and, you know, I ended up in Walter Reed Hospital for 13 months, which is, uh, you know, where I came to know about 100 entrepreneurs, so I was there for 13 months recovering. I'm a amputee, so, um, you know, it was a pretty rough recovery, but uh, I guess blessing in disguise looking back. Um, so I, I retired from the Marine Corps, medically retired from the Marine Corps, and then I started studying at George Washington University, studying the international business and uh, in, in Washington, D.C., and then I went on to uh, my first attempt to start a business, <laughs> which, which wasn't necessarily not successful, but it wasn't what uh, I thought it was going to be. So it was in green roofing, and I really liked the idea of sustainable development. So I started a, uh, uh, partnered with an existing company that, that uh, has been in business at that time, I think seven years. And mm-hmm. we were doing some government contracts, and I was doing some of the estimating for, you know, green roofs, living roofs, like literally grass on the roofs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I did that for, for about a year and a half, and uh, I just discovered that that wasn't necessarily the track that I wanted to go on. Um, and then I went in to get my MBA. And I, and I took a job at the, uh, the American Legion while I was going to school. And then mm-hmm. uh, later on, I started working for the International Franchise Association. And I took over as, as program manager for their vet friend program, which is to help veterans become uh, small business owners, especially in franchising. So I did that for uh, the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I've, I've recently uh, started my own business, <laughs> which is quite a bit different, but uh, we can talk about that if you want to later. But that kind of led me up to, to the franchising aspect. And my, it, it, there's been a lot of opportunity while I was with IFA and, uh, and, and working with veterans and franchise business owners and franchisors. 
I learned a lot about the industry, a lot about the business of franchising, um, anything from the legal aspects to um, the difference between what it means to be an entrepreneur and what it means to be a franchisee or operator. So, and that's something I didn't, I didn't really understand until it took me about a year to really understand that. So, yeah. um, anyway, <laughs> that's kind of well, the general background. That's great. Uh, so, in Betfran, you are, uh, we were working on franchises that are looking for veteran owners. Is that what, what that program is? Yeah, it's a program that has, um, I'm not sure the exact number now, but uh, last year at least, it had, I think, 630 companies. And uh, these companies are part of the International Franchise Association. So mm-hmm. the association itself has, I don't know, I, I see a couple thousand companies. So these companies will join the program and offer uh discounts and certain training opportunities that's, that's only available to veterans and their family members, like their spouses. So, so they're not available to anyone else. And there's 630 or so of them. Uh, and the reason is because the industry wanted to do something good for veterans, the veteran uh, community in general, but also they found out that, that there's a, a direct correlation between military training and being a franchise operator, ironically. Mm. Interesting. Um, just, just following the ability to follow a system um, is, is really, really important in franchising. So veterans are very good at that, and that's kind of how the military culture is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that um, uh, following a, uh, a franchise system? What, what what does that involve specifically? Um, so I think I think it's important to understand the difference between being an entrepreneur and being a franchise a franchise mm-hmm. a franchise operator. So, for example, um, let's like come up with an example. Like, say you wanted to start your own carpet cleaning business uh, in your own community. Um, you just saw a need for that, and you wanted to be an entrepreneur and start, start this from ground up. So you got to buy the equipment. you got to... No one knows who... It's called Joe's Carpet Cleaning. No one knows about Joe's Carpet Cleaning, so you got to do the marketing. you got to understand the customer's needs, how to sell it, how to interact with them. Um, you have to you have to develop everything, every step of the way, um, from ground up. None of it exists, so you're a real entrepreneur at that point. But a franchise um, that started with that entrepreneur, it started with that that vision. Um, but they, the practices has been tested. They understand how to market. They have a training process. They have you know, the national um, vendors they buy equipment for. They have marketing campaigns and materials. So it's a system that's kind of been figured out and been proven and tested mm-hmm. over time. And the franchisee um, is not necessarily the entrepreneur. He doesn't have to think, well, how do I do this? The franchisee is more of, uh, well, here's, here's the, the documents the instructions of how to do this, 
This has been proven, so let's follow this step by step. It's like a recipe, a formula, it's proven formula for success. So the, the, the operator is more of like the guy or the girl that executes the business plan for their local community or whatever that is, maybe it's in this case carpet cleaning. So everything has been spelled out for them. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, there's a lot to it. Um, Let's start with the beginning. So if you are uh, a veteran interested in becoming a franchisee, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what steps would you take to uh, select which franchise or what company to work with or what business to get into? Yeah, that's, um, that's such a great question. That's something that a lot of people don't consider. They just like maybe a brand or an idea and they just go for it. It's not a mm-hmm. good idea. Um, so this is how I have always thought about it. Number one, are you a franchisee? Are you an operator? Are you able to follow a system? Or are you too creative and too entrepreneurial to be able to follow that system? So I think you first need to find that out. Mm-hmm. Is, is franchising okay with you? And, and um, are you able to follow a system? So if you are, um, it's, it's good to kind of start narrowing down. If you're a veteran, what, what you should do is you should go to just vetfran.com or just Google Vetfran. There's a directory of all these companies, um, mm-hmm. and it shows what, what they offer. So you can kind of narrow it down that way, and there's special promotions too. Um, like for example, Anytime Fitness, um, I think I think it was a couple months ago they gave away completely gave away an entire franchise to one veteran. It was a contest, oh, wow. um, and I think it was in it was somewhere in North Carolina, but it was close to a military base down there. So. Definitely a win-win. But what would it, that have cost normally for them to uh, get get into that franchise um, without this promotion? Um, that specific one, I think, anytime fitness or a lot of the fitness kind of franchises. The, the fitness franchises is normally like around two hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty thousand. Wow, franchising uh, ranges. From I think the lowest franchise is maybe seven thousand, which is like a cruise one where you're selling cruise packages over the phone, yeah. um, uh-huh. to you know a McDonald's, which is almost you know impossible to get here in America. Um, that's over a million dollars. Gotcha. Or, mm-hmm. or or like a Marriott hotel, uh, you know that's going to be very expensive as well. No, mm-hmm. over a million dollars too. Is that and that's just the franchise fee? That doesn't pay um, for the, the the building or the space or the marketing and things like that. Is that correct? Yeah, you can. So just in the, the topic of which franchise is right for you, you, uh-huh. can, you can kind of break down the expenses. So you can look at uh, number one, what kind of business are you interested in? You can mm-hmm. look at. Uh, how long has this franchise or been in, been franchising? If they just started, uh, six months ago, they're not, re- they're not necessarily a proven concept yet. They're trying to be. So, mm-hmm. you, you gotta look at that. Um, 
you, then you could break down the expenses. So if you uh, want to get into any particular franchise, you would just start a, like an Excel spreadsheet or whatever and say, how much would this cost me? I have to give the, the franchise or $100,000 and what do I get for that $100,000? And uh, that can be, that's startup cost. That's, uh, maybe it's marketing materials. Maybe it's probably includes training, support, brand recognition, uh, equipment, uh, software, whatever is required to run that business. Uh, so you pay $100,000 and you get what in return, and how long is it going to take you to break even? How profitable mm-hmm. can you be uh, after one, two, three years? And uh, when you're an entrepreneur, it's, that's your business. You know, you get all the profits and you can kind of uh, use them however you want to, but in franchising, um, if you make $100,000 a year, uh, in revenue, well, what percentage of that is going to go to royalties, which is which goes to the, the the franchisor itself? How much fees do you have to pay per month um, for the services that the franchisor is giving you? So you have to kind of run the numbers and put all that you know together and and uh, understand the business itself. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find all that out in the franchisors, it's called an FDD, um, that's a franchise disclosure document, and mm-hmm. that spells out everything. All the, all the legal jargon, all the, um, expenses, everything. So you can, you can, uh, write your own business plan from that. The franchisors will provide this, uh, F- a franchise disclosure document? FTD. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it is public knowledge that FTD is a franchise disclosure document. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's public. It's not secret, but they don't, they normally don't just send that out to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to know that you're a serious candidate. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, so you have to, um, you know, talk with them. You normally talk to a salesperson first. They describe mm-hmm. the business opportunity, um, and and then you can go into further discussions, and you can ask for the FTD. Every franchise is different in how they handle that. Franchisors are um, are recruiting veterans, or at least 600 plus of them are really earnestly recruiting veterans by offering some sort of discounts, uh, promotions, and so forth. And what what other kinds of Things that they do to encourage uh, veterans to become franchisees. Yeah. So for the discounts, mm-hmm. um, when I was talking about that, uh, you know, if you give a franchisee a hundred thousand dollars, what do you get in return? Normally, what veteran members do is they 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 knock a certain percentage off of the franchise fee. So the franchise fee is kind of like this. Uh, it's normally around uh, $50,000. Mm-hmm. So you would have to pay the franchisor $50,000, which is kind of like buying into the brand. Like you start, this is, this is $50,000 to use my system, to use my brand name, to use all of their support. So they mm-hmm. normally uh, will reduce that by 
10, 20, 50%, sometimes they waive it completely. Um, and so that's normally how that trend members approach that, is they give it this kind of franchise fee. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they do, uh, for the first year or so, they will reduce the royalties. So if you have to pay the franchise or normally 6% of your revenue, Per month, they will say three percent, you know, fifty percent, or gotcha. they may they they may say we can raise that for the first year, so we can help you get your business up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, the certain promotions, the bigger companies normally do that. Um, that could be I've seen all kinds of promotions, really interesting stuff. Like they're they're, they're being very creative. <laughs> Told you about any kind of fitness where they completely gave away um, an entire franchise, which is $250,000, dollars worth of a business. They give it away to a veteran, and it's a contest. They write in kind of like a, like a uh, you, you write in, I think, your bio, and you explain why you're the best candidate for a franchise business um, and within the fitness industry. So they take, they take the best candidate of that, and they award this franchise to one one veteran, I think it's per year. I think mm-hmm. they may do it twice a year now, too. There's another franchise that they actually recently... They're a newer franchise. It's also a fitness franchise. It's called Soldier Set. Um, they just awarded uh, a veteran a franchise. Uh, wait, not the entire franchise, but they waived the franchise fee, which is mm-hmm. $40,000 or $50,000. And they also did a Harley Davidson giveaway. So they gave yeah. one veteran a Harley Davidson deal. So <laughs> the, the promotions, they really range. They're all over the place. So how does someone find out about those promotions? BetFriend, you can go to BetFriend.com. Lots of them, a lot of the promotions are listed on there. Um, you can just kind of pay attention to the International Franchise Association. You can sign up for their mailing list. Um, and you can hear about their promotions that way. So how do most franchisees fund the, the, the initial cost for buying a franchise? I mean, for example, do they get a bank loan or a loan, or can they use crowdfunding, or how do they fund it? Because it's pretty, there's a lot of money involved. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the same way anyone else would fund it. it it's either uh, with their savings, mm-hmm. uh, family, friends, or they get a loan. Um, if you're if you're a veteran, I know that the Small Business Administration has um, some benefits for veterans' small business loans. I, I know the policy has changed more recently, but I I, I think you're guaranteed fifty percent of the loan amount that you're asking for. I, I can't be quoted on that, but it's if you go to the Small Business Administration uh, website and just search veteran loans, it'll spell out what that really means. So um, there are specific loans set aside for the veteran community. Great. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of money. That's why not just anyone just buys a franchise. A, a, lot, of the, a lot of the franchisees, um, especially for the, the franchises that, it costs a significant amount of money. They're older people. They're, they, they're retirees in some cases. They've 
they're taking their life savings and, you know, making a bet on that business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, Does a franchisee successfully break even typically? And, if, and do they uh, eventually make a reasonable income as a result of owning a franchise? That's, um, every franchise is different, but I can, I can say with confidence that almost every franchisee um, breaks even. In, in the first one to three years. Um, and as far as income, well, mm-hmm. if you buy into a franchise, you're not going to, one franchise, you're, you're not going to become rich. Uh, it's, it's typically, um, it, you can make a decent income, you can make um, a, a, a good income, uh, and you're your own boss too. But how to make real money, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or, or more, is to buy multiple franchises. So that's a different topic. So if you want to be in the business of franchising, meaning uh, if you buy one franchise, and that one really needs to be successful so that you can take the profits from that and then invest into another and another and another, then you're... You're, you're making a lot more money with two mm-hmm. or three or four or five of the same units. And that's really important because um, in franchising, you have to buy you have to buy into a territory. So if you wanted to get like a Jimmy John's, you said, well, we need a Jimmy John's here. I love that place. We don't have a sandwich shop in, in our community. Well, you can't just assume, even if you have the money, that you can buy a Jimmy John's and put it across the street. <laughs> you, you have to call the franchisor and say, uh, is there a territory available? And however they define the territory, um, it could be in, you know, in the city of, uh, you know, a, I don't know, a 10 mile block radius or something. Is it, is it available? Is there an opportunity for me to put a Jimmy John's over there? So you don't know that until you talk with the franchisor. So you might live in Maryland, but the available territory in Virginia, for example. Right. You, you may want to put in a Jimmy John somewhere in Maryland, and there is zero opportunities in the entire state of Maryland. That's, that's very possible. Gotcha. Um, it's interesting. So now, uh, would you recommend that uh, veterans or family members go through a franchise consultant to figure out what's the best franchise for them? Yeah, I definitely think it's, it's good. If you don't know much about franchising, you need to, I think, research it yourself first so that you know what the right questions are to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that you need to get a consultant if you can afford it. Um, they're great. They really kind of spell everything out. They have a program, like a step-by-step program that you can follow. Um, so I think that's a, a good idea, and it's also a good idea to consult with a franchise attorney as well so that they can look over that uh, franchise disclosure document so that they can help you interpret what it's saying. Because it can be it's a very, very long document, and it's very boring to read and complicated. So it's great to have a lawyer that can look at, look at it for you and interpret it. Great. Okay. Are there any risks? Call me. I, I'm always willing to help out. 
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll add you to that list. Um, sure. So, what are, what are, the, are there any risks associated with uh, starting or buying into a franchise versus starting your individual business? I would say the risks are very similar to uh, any other business. It's, if you give $100,000 to buy into a business, how long is it going to take you to get that money back and how profitable are you going to be? You need to understand that. Um, the other thing is that's unique to franchising is uh, when you go into a franchise agreement, it's a contract. It's a legal binding contract. So if you don't like the business after a year, you can't just say, oh, never mind, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't just walk out. You have can to... You, can you sell it? Can you sell your franchise? Oh, absolutely. You can sell it, okay. but it, it's going to be, you know, that's complicated. You have to find someone that, that's willing to buy it, and, um, you know, it takes a lot of work and time to do that because mm-hmm. that's another project on top of running the business itself, trying sure. to sell it. Sure. Um, what is required when the franchisor, sorry, franchisor looks at the potential franchisee? What are they looking for? Uh, certain, any experience required? You know, if you're buying a re- uh, franchise in restaurant in a, in a restaurant business, would you be required to have restaurant experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it depends on the franchise. Hmm. Uh, actually, the majority of them don't require any kind of uh, experience in, in whatever business that is. And that's kind of the beauty of franchising is it's, it's set up in kind of this templated way so that anyone that qualifies financially can come in and run the business because the recipe has already been spelled out. Just, you know, you, you follow these steps and you're going to be successful. But some other franchises are more complicated and they would, they would rather have uh, like a hotel, for example, mm-hmm. Yeah, they would probably want someone that has uh, experience in the hospitality industry or um, in something like that. So it, it just depends, but generally they normally don't require any experience. But you gotta you gotta qualify financially, and um, mm-hmm. normally they like people with business experience too, investors and people that have you know operational type of people. Gotcha. Now, I remember you saying earlier something about the risk associated with uh, becoming a franchisee versus starting your own business. There is, is there a difference in, in, the, in, in the data, in the risk associated with those two alternatives? Um, well, I don't have any, like, specific numbers on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it, you're much more likely to be successful, um, meaning profitable in a franchise system mm-hmm. than you are starting your own business. Um, really? Interesting. I, I, I think that um, I used to do research as well, for, I would say, and I believe that it's 80% of franchisees are profitable within the first five years. And 80% of entrepreneurs fail within the first five years. So mm-hmm. th- that it's it's like equally different. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> now, having, having said that, um, I understand that you are starting your own business. <laughs> I am. It's very exciting. <laughs> Would you tell us about your business? I, yeah, ironically, I'm not starting a franchise business. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a complicated path that I've taken, but it's, it's, it's being more and more defined. So I left IFA um, because I wanted, to, I, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to create something. Um, so I went out and I started writing a book. I'm writing a book about my recovery um, uh, from, from getting blown up in Iraq and, you know, I lost my leg and I was in the hospital for 13 months and it was a, a tragic experience, it really was. But looking back, it was really a great experience too and I learned so much and I'm so positive from it. Um, and, and I look around and met everybody said, like, some people are, some people look at the, Dramatic event is a blessing in disguise, like I do, but not everyone does. So I'm writing about why I think it was a great thing, uh, what happened to me. So it's more of a post-traumatic growth. The things that I learned, the lessons that I learned from my experience and how it's helped me be successful in lots of different areas in my life. So I'm writing a book about that. Um, and also it's not, it's not this boring self-help but it's it's a really a book about adventure. So when I got out of the hospital, I trekked South America for for six months, um, and I learned an incredible amount about myself, about the world, about other people, about you know reflecting on my experience. So it's kind of like the story of Wild. Did you did you ever read that book or or the movie? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Her her um, mom dies and she's trying to understand all of that and she, you know, treks the Pacific Crest Trail, I think it was. So mm-hmm. kind of like that. So it's, a, it's an adventure story sprinkled with uh, why my traumatic event was actually a blessing to me. So mm-hmm. as I'm writing this book, I thought, what else can I do? What, can, can I do something else with this concept? Um, and I came up with an idea to start a business called Journey Beyond Recovery. I have a developer and I have a, uh, a, a team, actually. There's three of us. And we are starting a digital, an online digital storytelling platform that is also a crowdfunding site. So uh, anyone that has gone through some type of traumatic event and they see it, uh, an opportunity from it, um, they can come to the site, they can tell their story, they can build like a series of stories, they can build a campaign, and then mm-hmm. we will help promote their, uh, their campaign through social media and other ways. Um, so it's, it's crowdfunding connected to their story. Um, mm-hmm. There's other sites that already do this, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's all general. It's, it's not specific to um, a traumatic experience. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah, it's kind of uncharted territory. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm learning so much, but um, luckily I have a team that's very technical and they can figure out a lot of things that I don't know, and, and I kind of spell out 
the, the vision and, and the direction of where I think it should go. Mm-hmm. Great. Good. And when do you think you will launch the business? Um, we're thinking this winter, like a, okay. uh, probably around uh, December or so. Okay. Great progress. <laughs> what are your lessons learned, the top lessons learned in starting your own business? And, and if it's appropriate, how that compares to what you learned about franchising before? Well, well everything that I do um, in terms of business, I think the franchising aspect always applies. Interesting. Um, it, 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 because it's, it's just a way to simplify things. It's come up with like a good model that you can communicate to others. And, and, and that's kind of franchising. It's just come up with a way of thinking or a way of coming, doing a product or a service and uh, make sure that it works, you know, test it, and then come up with a way to communicate that so other people can also come on board and help you so the, the general idea of franchising, I think, always applies. Um, the other lessons that I've learned, well, entrepreneurship is really, it's a lonely thing. It's, it's an emotional roller coaster. And there's a lot of self-doubt, too. Um, mm-hmm. So even though I'm very passionate about what I'm doing now, um, I'm all the time second-guessing should I just give up? You know, does this really make sense? Let's just go back. Let's just find a job. Let's come on, be mm-hmm. normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, but, but I just have to find um, some place within myself to keep fighting and say, no, this is, this is um, you know, fulfill your vision. Don't give up. Keep going. So it's, it's a constant battle, but it's very fulfilling. Great. That's great. Well, isn't that true of most things that you have doubts along the way? Um, it's it's been an incredible journey. Wonderful. That's terrific. Well, I can't wait to see and experience and, uh, and touch and feel the new product uh, and service <laughs> when it's launched. This is very exciting. So uh, we'll, uh, we will want to talk to you more about it once you've launched it. <laughs> oh, that would be great. I would love to. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, good. Okay, good. Well, um, thank you so much, Kevin. That has been wonderful. And uh, I think there's so many people who would be interested in knowing more about franchising uh, as well as starting their own business. So this will be extremely helpful to them. So thank you. Thanks, Marilla. I'm always willing to help. Thank you.